Welcome to the Daily Pursuit Podcast. My name is Morgan Hodge. I'm a performance coach and neurobiomechanical specialist. And each week we are looking to bring you an inspiring person or message to help you level up your life. Truly appreciate you taking the time and spending it with me today. Let's level up. The world needs you to show up today. You are powerful, you are valuable, and what you believe changes the world. What's going on, you guys? I hope that you are staying safe and staying healthy and doing what you need to during these very interesting times in the world right now. I am recording a new intro for this episode as when I recorded this this episode with the one and only Lisa Smith, there was a lot of uh, or even greater uncertainty in regards to what was happening with COVID-19 and the world and everything that was going on, but I felt it necessary to redo the intro to this episode as things have progressed and the state that the world is in right now needs us to show up in an even greater way. And that was what this episode was about. That's what I sat down and talked with Lisa about, who's the owner and founder of the Mint Hair, Mint Hair Lounge in Port Moody here. And we sat down and we talked um, everything about how our uh, self-confidence is built from our presentation to the world. So how we show up in the world, essentially, right? We talked about the psychology behind a good haircut and everything that's gone on in her career that's brought her to where she is today. But I thought it necessary to do a little redo on this intro because those around us, those that we support and that we can help, and just us as citizens and and humanity. So I'm going ahead with posting this episode because I feel that it still brings value. And in these trying times, sometimes we just need that outlet. We just need to, you know, listen to a podcast. We need to do the things that we love to do and just allow ourselves to continue with those things that are the norm for us with everything else that is just stressing the hell out of us. So with that, I hope you guys truly enjoy this episode with the one and only Lisa Smith, owner and founder of the Mint Hair Lounge. It's time to level up our lives. Welcome you guys to another edition of the Daily Pursuit podcast. Uh, I am super excited about this one as I'm sitting here with Lisa Smith from Mint Hair Salons, lounge. lounge, mint hair lounge, sorry. Um, and today we are going to get all into a discussion around the psychology of a good haircut. But I want to take a moment to just acknowledge Lisa first and foremost as she has been in the industry for well over 20 years 20 now. years, yeah. 22 uh, years. Yeah. And you started back in UK. No, I actually started, I started in Nanaimo. In Nanaimo. I, I okay. grew up in Parksville. Decided when I was like 20, I had my son, so he was about two when I decided I wanted to go to school and be a hairstylist. And that was when all like technology and computers and that was just starting to come in. Yeah. And my dad was like, no, you shouldn't be a hairstylist. Hairstylists don't make any money. You need to go into computers. And I was like, I can't sit behind a desk. It's just not, I knew it was something I couldn't do. I couldn't sit in that kind of environment yeah so like I'm just gonna do it and so I went did a one-year program in Nanaimo 
And then I graduated from hair school in the morning and got on a plane, single mom with a three-year-old son wow. in tow and moved to the UK. Wow. Yep. Then I did all, yep, did all my advanced training there. So I spent eight years there um, and then moved back. Okay. So why the UK? I was born there. Okay. And my parents, even to this day, I'm still not a Canadian citizen. Okay. Um, and my parents decided they wanted to move back. And I was just in a place in my life that I was like, well, I'm, I'm a single mom. It doesn't yeah. matter where I live, right? I can cut hair anywhere in the world. Yeah. So I was like, why not? Like, why yeah. not give it a try? Yeah, it so it worked out off we you. went. It worked out. It was yeah. great. You yeah. know, I, I would have stayed. I just, I wanted my children to smell Canadian air. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted them to swim in the ocean yeah. and ski on the mountains. And I knew that their life would be better here. Experience that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So then when was that that you came back here? I came back in 06. Okay. And I, Mint opened up in... 08. 08. So I, I came back. I didn't want to move downtown. I'd actually gotten some pretty good job offers just because I'd, I'd been in, in England. Yeah. Um, but... I didn't want to move downtown. I My family were out here. I didn't want my kids to, if there was something wrong and I had to come home, I didn't, I just wanted to be close to home. So I was like, okay, well, I'll look for a high-end salon in the Tri-Cities yeah. and couldn't right. find one. Yeah. Um, so I did find two. I did work at one place for a year and then it, it wasn't my place. Mm -hmm. Went to another one for a year wasn't my place and that's when I realized that I if I can't find what I want I need to create right. the environment instead because yeah. um, I couldn't be the only person looking for that yeah. you know um, education has always been and still is to this day so important to me mm -hmm. and I just found that there's there was salons that were lacking in wanting to elevate your team and educate their right. team right. Um, it was always a well it costs money and you know, so I'm like, okay, well, I want to open a salon that creates a platform yeah. for stylists to grow from, yeah, um, awesome. provide them with what they they need. You know, I know that it, it was a stepping stone. Yeah. You know, if they stayed, great. If they didn't, I'd hope that they got everything that they needed out of it in yeah. order to be a better person, a better stylist, and to move forward and have something mm -hmm. good to offer the next person they go to work for. Yeah. Absolutely. That's been my I, goal. I can totally relate to that. Um, I own a business myself. And so owning a, a fitness facility, we have coaches and team of coaches and whatnot. And it's always a thing of wanting to develop them. But also if they end up leaving and going somewhere else, it's I want to create a space that they can come in, they can learn from, they can develop from, they can challenge me as well as the yeah. rest of the team and learn and grow. And if they choose to go off on their own thing or just go somewhere else, at least it's coming from a place they learned of like something. they learn something, right? Yeah. It's not just a, you know, sales oriented kind of thing. It's like, no, you're actually developing and growing. Yeah. So, oh, I've had a lot of uh, salon owners say to me, like, I can't believe how much money you spend on, you know, like yeah. hiring assistants and training juniors or sending your staff on classes. What if they quit next week? I'm like, they quit yeah, learning they quit. something. Like, yeah. They left here with more knowledge than when they came here. And yeah. that's what it's about. It's yeah. not about trying to hoard and keep everybody in. Yeah. It's about letting people blossom and grow. And I, yeah. every time I interview a new stylist, I always say, like, this is your journey. Yeah. Not mine. 
but if there's anywhere that I can help with that, yeah. I want to do it. So whatever way path you want to take in your career, whether being a platform artist or a brand educator or whatever, I can help facilitate that. Yeah. So awesome. it's kind of... Has that always been something in your life growing up that you had someone that did that for you? No. So that's just like, does that come from maybe your like parent side of things? Yeah, or I like mean, I'm really drive? like, we're super, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of drive. I yeah. actually, my drive came from my daughter, okay. 100%. I had my son and yeah. then they're five years apart. And when yeah. I gave birth to her, I was basically like, all right, you got to get your shit together. Right. You had two kids, two people that are going to rely on you. Yeah. And I was on my own mm -hmm. with these kids and I'm like, it's. It's make it or break it. Yeah. And so that's when I knuckled down and that's yeah. when I really started to work harder. Yeah. And then the harder I worked, the more I realized like, hmm, I'm actually pretty good at this. You know what <laughs> I mean? I'm that. actually yeah. pretty, I found my niche. I yeah. found my thing. Yeah. And going back to the beginning when I said about my dad wanting me to go into computers and he said, you know, there's no money to be made in hair it took me less than five years and I was making more than my dad. And my right. dad was um, a ticketed sprinkler fitter. Okay. So yeah. I was like, hey, hey, yeah. who, who doesn't make any money, right? Yeah. And that's because I had the drive to do it. Yeah. You know, like I, I wanted to succeed. I know a lot of hairstylists that, that don't make very good money, that yeah. they just want to go, go to the salon, do some haircuts, go home, go to bed, right? Yeah. That's not how I operate. Yeah. And that's definitely not how this salon operates. Yeah. Well, I've noticed. I mean, yeah. I'm a client of the salon, so it's, I definitely notice that. And I appreciate that. Yeah. It's um, a lot of team effort, right? Yeah. A lot of team well, effort. I, I, I make sure that everybody is, um, like I can train anybody. Mm -hmm. So when I'm hiring somebody, I actually don't really care what your skill yeah. level is at yeah, yeah. because I can teach you how to cut hair yeah. but I can't teach respect I can't teach manners and yeah. I can't teach drive like yeah. you either want to grab it or you don't and I just say this train keeps moving and you're either going to get on it yeah. or you're not yeah. and you know some people choose to get on and off and some people stay on for the whole ride and it's That's a good way to put it's, it. it's been yeah. a good one yeah. yeah I so can relate to that like say with working with coaches and mentoring coaches over the years it's been very much I'm at a place where I'm trying to further develop that. I mean, I'm, my business is much younger than yours, and so I'm still in that early ages of developing that um, as a I'm owner. still in the early ages, but, stages. Yeah. I Like, I'm still there, yeah. right? It takes yeah. time. Yeah. Like, it takes time. Yeah, it's that commitment to it. Right? Yeah. And it's like, there's rough patches of, like, you have other people uh, that are like, oh, what are you doing kind of thing, but you stick to it, right? Yeah, and there's so. been patches and times that I'm like, why do I own this? Yeah. What are the benefits? Yeah. Like not making any money, yeah. you know, yeah. like I'm not rich, yeah. but I'm, but I'm passionate and I'm more passionate today than I was 20 years ago, just starting in yeah. the industry. Yeah. So that's got to say something, you know, like totally. I constantly surround myself with amazing, strong business owners that yeah. women that empower each other, mentor each other, you know, everyone's just a phone call away. Like, yeah. how do you deal with this? And and I, I do that so that I, when it gets hard, I don't want to give up. Mm -hmm. You know, totally. I always have somebody to like kind of back, back me up. Yeah. Love, um, that. Love that. So for yourself, you've had some accolades over the years. I was trying to dig into a little bit about you just to get a little more details on your, your history. 
Um, and so there was some Contessa awards I, I noted over the years. Yeah. And I'm going to butcher the name that Schwarzkopf. Schwarzkopf. Yeah, I worked and so for that them. That was a North American uh, artistic, artistic team. team. So what was that? So, okay, so now I work for Wella. Okay. Um, so manufacturers have design teams. Okay. So how that is is we're the people that stylists, look to to right. get inspiration okay. so we meet twice a year yeah. we train our bosses tell us what's comes through from you know right. europe and yeah. this is what's happening these are the new colors these are the looks we're going for this is something new coming out and then they send us out okay. and then we so we do hair shows yeah. so i'm on stage mic'd up right. doing models um teaching yeah teaching the craft that's awesome. So we That's do, cool. you know, in salon, we do in studio, yeah. we do stage work. Yeah. And um, that's something that a lot of stylists aspire to. Like it's, it's not easy, mm -hmm. and especially now in our industry because of YouTube and, you know, social media, there's a lot of education that's online now. So it makes it a little bit more difficult right. to, to get onto one of these teams. So if you're going to be on it, you got to be a hundred percent committed and you got to prove to other people that I'm better than YouTube. Right. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. bring me into your salon and let me teach you, yeah, you yeah. know? And, Absolutely. and I also get like the best feeling in the world is when you're teaching someone and I can see it when it's clicked, yeah. like, and all of a sudden I just see it in their eyes and something, and I know it. And I'm like, you got it, don't you? They're yeah. like, I got it. Yeah. And that makes me super excited That's a great feeling. all the time. Yeah. You know, like when you see it happen and you're like, you, you were struggling with it. And then now it's just, now you can do it with your eyes closed. Yeah. That's worth all the ups and downs yeah. and the frustrations. And that, yeah, that makes it's it, a good feeling oh, yeah. because I've had many of those moments. Yeah many of those moments where I like I just because I'm at this point in my career doesn't mean that I don't go on classes anymore yeah. I constantly go on classes but now my classes are a little different like I want something that kicks my ass right. like if I'm not crying yeah. after day one thinking I suck as a hairstylist right. then it's not the right class for me right. so I search out things that I know are going to challenge. really challenge me and then it just makes me better, yeah. right? Then I bring it back, then I teach my staff, yeah. and then we all elevate up. We all elevate up together. Yeah, we all level up. That's awesome. Yeah. So, what was the first recollection of like the impact of hair for you in your life? Or the mo first emotions you had <clears throat> when it comes to a hairstyle wow. or anything that way? Um like the first time that Ask me that question again. Like, as far the as first impact hair has had on you in your life, like where you can recall the feeling of like a hairstyle or having a haircut and what that did for you. Okay, so that can be two different scenarios, right? Yeah. So, from a learning perspective, I did a um, a five day mecca class in uh, Montreal, and her name is Kathy Simon, and she is like the most amazing hairstylist I've ever met. Yeah. And I did a five-day class with her, and 
she, when I say that she kicked my ass, like she kicked my ass. And I remember so clearly on the fifth day, I was doing a haircut and she came over and she was checking my haircut and I looked at her and I just was like, I, can I just take a moment to say thank you? And she's like, for what? I'm like, you've made me a better hairstylist. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, and that will stays with me all the time. And cause I know how that feeling, how that felt to all of a sudden for me to be able to be like, wow, I get it now. Mm -hmm. I get it. Like, it's not about cutting hair. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's about creating hair, creating shapes, building shapes. And it just, it was changed my life. And the, the way the road that I started to take to be a hairstylist, that class changed it. Right. Now, on the other side of it, the moment that I I knew that hair, how much it impacted other people was my very first client okay. that had cancer. Okay. And wow. the journey that I went on with her. Wow. Okay. And... I've had several since then, but my first one, and I was in, in the UK and, you know, she came to me and told me, you know, this is what I have. I'm going to start chemo soon. So let's cut it all off. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, let's give you something really cool. So we, you know, we cut it all short, gave her something funky. Then our chemo started. So then she's losing hair. Mm-hmm. So then I shaved her hair off and we both had a cry yeah. and I did it after work when nobody was in and I poured us each a glass of wine and I shaved her hair and then she left and then she came back in when she was well enough with her wig. Mm-hmm. And then I cut her wig for her yeah. and so that was important, right? The yeah. wig had to look real and it had to feel real and it had to feel like her. Yeah. And so I I did that and then she got through her treatment and then she's her hair starting to come back and so now we get to have fun. Yeah. You know, I'm like, "Okay, you got short hair. What do you want to do? Yeah. Well, let's bleach it out and color it pink. Let's yeah. do it." Right? Yeah. And it was like a 2-year journey with her from start to finish and I realized what my skill can do for these women you know and I've I've had several clients from then on you know that have come to me and every time they come and tell me you know that they have cancer and and stuff I always have to kind of excuse myself give you know Mm -hmm. have a little cry give my head a shake and then come back and say Okay, let's do this. Yeah. And and it's um they inspire me. Yeah. They inspire me. So I'm like the least I can do is make sure they feel the best they could possibly feel yeah. while they're going through this. Yeah. So those are probably my two with how it's impact impacted my life and how yeah. I know that my skill can impact others. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Love that. It's pretty cool. For yourself like personally with your own hair and growing up, were you always like styling and always into nope. like changing up your hair? No, it wasn't nope. a thing? Nothing. My yeah. mother actually never let me color my hair Okay. Um, when I was younger. And I remember the very first time I colored my hair, it was a product from the drugstore, which I think now I would absolutely die if my daughter did this, <laughs> but it was called Flirt. Okay. And they were these semi-permanent... <laughs> 
colors. So there's no ammonia or anything, and you put it in, and it lasts eight washes, and right. I put red on it. Yeah. But my hair was naturally dark. But my mom never let me, never let yeah. me do my hair. I was a ballet dancer, so I right. never cut it. Right. And I wasn't that girl. Like when people say, oh, you know, like when I was a little girl, I used to mm -hmm. brush doll heads. I never did that. Right. I literally just kind of woke up one day and I was like, I think I want to be a hairstylist. Mm. It was, it was just that kind of precise as, as quickly as that happened. Right. And then when I started going to school, I realized that if I worked at it, I could be really good at it. Mm -hmm. um, you recognize the skill set that you had. Yeah. 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 I just was like, I, I found it. Yeah. I figured it out, you know, like, I mean, I was and stay-at-home mom with a two-year-old son and I was a nanny for a little while and I you know I just had no direction in my life and right. so this gave it to me yeah so outside of the sort of the emotion that it brings for like what you can do for someone else emotionally what else does it like bring to you cutting hair you know what I would be I this is how much of a hair nerd I am yeah. is that I don't have any hobbies. Okay. Yeah. I don't have any. Yeah. Like I actually recently just got into um, paint by numbers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my awesome. son bought me some for, yeah. for my birthday. Yeah. No, yeah, for my birthday because I'm like, I need something to do that's not hair. Yeah. Because I, you know, when everybody leaves work at night, they go home and they, you know, watch their TV yeah. or they, you know, go on their Instagram or whatever, which yeah. I do all of those things. But when I'm on Instagram, all I'm doing is looking at hair. Yeah, business purposes. I'm always purposes. just yeah. looking at hair right. all the time. It's like I I eat, breathe, and sleep it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just what I do. And right. I, I think about it at night. It's the first thing I think about in the morning. And I can honestly say that in 22 years, there never has been a day that I've wish that I chose a different profession that's amazing like how cool is that yeah. you know what I mean like and I say that to everybody like how lucky I am that I found a job that I not only love but I make money yeah. like I make good money and yeah. I get to travel like I've yeah. traveled to all different places around Europe North America like mm -hmm. it's given me so much that I I can't imagine doing anything different yeah that's so good. Yeah. I love that. It's cool. What, um, so just looking at hair from like a development and psychology perspective, like for me, mindset is such a massive component of what I do, what I'm about and what I try to instill with, with others. And so when I was looking at what we were going to talk about today, kind of looked at like the history of haircuts and then the development of us as humans, like from when we were born and, and all the sort of the different constructs that hair represents so in like historical times you know you had the wigs that represented power or wealth yeah and then you know if we're looking at development and you see a baby with a full head of hair there's a certain connection that people create with that um and as we develop throughout the years of like a full head of hair means you know what health and wellness and whatnot there's sort of these interesting little constructs that people have yeah what is sort of your like perception of all of that from like how it's developed and how you've seen hair over over the years change for people. Oh, I've seen society. it change and then come full circle right back around again. Yeah. You know, I, I think my profession is, is based on 
fashion and style and you know what comes off of a catwalk plays all the way through from hair right down Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so like right now everything's very deconstructed and messy and textured and so like now it's it's not about having perfect hair whereas 10 years ago it was you know, we were flat ironing hair so right. it looked like a sheet of glass, right? right? Whereas yeah. now it's not like that. Now we were curling hair on hot rollers and this, yeah. the bigger, the better, you know? Right. Now we're, everything's really simple. Yeah. But in order to create simple, yeah. takes a lot of work. Yeah. So I think that now in this age with, you know, social media and all the, you know, like, the, the TV, like the, what is it that everyone watches now? Like the Kardashians, yeah. like that kind of yeah, stuff. Different shows, yeah. Reality those, TV. those, yes. Yeah. Those shows are, whatever they're doing, it trickles down and that's what people want. Like right. wigs used to only be for, well, like 20, 30 years ago, wigs were for women who had alopecia, right. who had cancer, who, that's just not the case anymore. Right. Wigs are huge, yeah. huge now. And I would never guess. You would have never guessed. No. You know what? You could probably pass at least five people a day that you wouldn't even guess were wearing one. Right. You know, so there used to be you only wore wigs if you had a problem with your hair. Right. Now we're wearing wigs as another form of expression. Right. And so seeing that change and evolve is is interesting, and I'm not really quite sure how or why it right. does. It just it just does, right. and I move with it. Yeah. You know, I guess like we all do, right? We're yeah. all moving with it. We're just some people are more involved. I you know I have a girlfriend. Her name's Dana. She owns a hair salon in North Van, and she is like the biggest hair nerd I know. That if she, you asked her this question, she'd probably be able to tell you all the history of everything. And yeah. I'm, I well, can't. So where <laughs> what interests me with it is it, the ebbs and flows that it's gone through, and where where hair is at today as far as the typical styles. Do you notice a connection with sort of the how society is right now? The sort of the energy from society for sure, for sure, because yeah. it you're judged on everything now Mm -hmm. i feel like right now this day and age is is the worst it's ever been for for Mm -hmm. being judged on your appearance how you look what kind of shoes you have on what your hair looks like like so is i think at this point now people are definitely spending a lot more money um and they it's important where they go right right like it's it's still very strange to me that sometimes clients will come in and only want to see the owner, right? Um, because it's it it's like oh well I see the owner, yeah. right? Like yeah. it makes no difference. Yeah. Everybody in here is we all are we're all at the same level, yeah. right? Like I might have some strengths, like yeah, cutting is my thing. I'm good at cutting, and I know that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that nobody else in here is good at cutting, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're, everyone is, but it's it's that whole thing of what it's a status, yeah, it's a thing. status thing, yeah, interesting. And that's 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 really weird to me, yeah. And but that's I, sort of like you'd say probably more in the last 
decade or so yeah. of this, yeah. of the industry and yeah. society. Yeah, definitely in the last, yeah. I would say that it's more the last five, yeah, five to ten years that I've really seen it, it mm. evolve and change that way. That mm. it was important about where people were getting their hair done. Like, why I think mint has been, I mean, there's a lot more mint type salons now. Right. When I first opened mint, th this was it. Okay. Like yeah. we were the only kind of boutique style yeah. salon. And when I opened it, I, I opened it because I'm like, all these people are driving downtown right. to get their hair done because they think that only people downtown can give you these, yeah. these great haircuts or colors and things like that. So I wanted to create a salon that had a downtown feel, yeah. but was out in the burbs. Yeah. Right. And so now there's, there's tons of them, mm -hmm. you know, but when, I mean, 12 years ago there wasn't and, yeah. and I did the right thing. I think I just caught it right yeah. at the right time that when people were like, I, I don't want to drive an hour yeah. downtown, then pay for parking and then pay twice as much for everything, even though I highly, I think it's bullshit that <laughs> if I work downtown, yeah. I can charge $200 yeah. for a haircut, but because I work in Port Moody, I charge 75, right? Yeah, like I hate that. Yeah. Um, and I, I, there's been many times over the years that I've had to correct people that have said like that, oh, well, you guys are expensive. Like, I could have gone downtown and paid this. It's like, do mm. you think that only downtown stylists are good? Like, mm -hmm. I know a lot of downtown stylists that aren't very good, yeah. you know? Like, but again, it's that perception. Like, yeah. oh, I got to go downtown and I got to go to this latest and greatest place to get right. this haircut and I'm going to spend $700 on this balayage. Yeah. When any number of women that work for me in here could do that exact balayage for uh, half the price. Right. Yeah. So, but so they'd rather do it. That emotional, yeah. psychological yeah. connection. So they can people tell have. people that's where they went. Right. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen here. Like, that's obviously what Mint is in the in the Tri Cities. Yeah. Is to some like, oh, I go to Mint. Someone going, yeah, it's it's a thing that yeah, it's a statement. It's right? a cool place to go. Yeah, you know, and I always want to try and make it so that it is a cool place to go. Yeah. You know, I have girls that are half my age that are teaching me shit every day mm -hmm. with what's going on in the world. Yeah. Like you lose touch with that. I'm I'm yeah. older now. I don't now I'm at that age now that my kids make fun of me. Well you like you said, you spend majority of your time just so focused on hair. And yeah, what's going like on in that world. That I don't know like, how to dab, yeah, and I right? don't know how to do the sea walk <laughs> yeah. or whatever all that stuff yeah, is. Yeah. I don't understand any of that. So yeah. my kids school me on that. Yeah. So, so do you notice that um, the decision on the haircut that someone gets does that typically uh, pull from a psychological need to quote fit in or to feed a certain emotional desire, or is it? more towards the new thing that's out there right now it it's a bit of both it's a bit of both and depending on the kind of stylist you are so i'm not that stylist mm -hmm. if somebody walks in here and i don't know them and it's their first time from the moment i walk up and shake your hand and introduce myself i'm looking at how you yeah. look what you're wearing what your hair looks like, what kind of shoes you have on, what kind of coat you have on, yeah. and how you walk, right. how you present yourself. 
And then when you sit down and try to say, oh, I want, you know, I, I've been looking through, I think I want this. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you right away. And I'm kind of known for that. Like, mm -hmm. I will tell you this won't work for you. Yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. I'm not going to give this. You'll look dumb. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let you walk around with this haircut. Yeah. Um, so we're trained as stylists to look at everything, right? Yeah. Well, it's part of it too, I guess, is like, the haircut that you give someone is also whacking a walking advertisement. Absolutely. For you yourself as a business. Yeah. So I guess there's a bit of that psychological side of that too. Yeah, like so that's why I say stylist, no. You're like, I'm not going to also do that because this is my my work. Yeah. Right? I've yeah. told people, like I've had people come in and ask me for like, you know, those big chunky right. highlights that were in style in like the 90s yeah. or, you know, early 2000s maybe. Ask me for those and I'm just like, Hell no, yeah. absolutely not. Like, yeah. if you want that, you can go somewhere else. But if you want my opinion of what I think will work better for you, yeah. let's do this. Yeah. You know, like, so, yeah, I say no yeah. when I have to. Yeah. Um, it's okay. And I change things according. Mm -hmm. Like, if they give me a picture, like, I love pictures. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, if you would have showed me a picture, I would have freaked out and said, like, I can't cut that, right? Because that's not my work. So I can't do that. But really that was just coming out of fear right. of because I didn't know how to cut it. Yeah. So now I you can show me any picture and I'm like, yes, yeah. right? And yeah. and I actually that's part of the training when I when I have my assistants and I train them, part of that is I I rip out magazine pictures. Okay. And I say, okay, pretend a client came in and wanted that haircut. Right. Cut that on this mannequin. Yeah. So they, they get used to that so that they don't have that freak out moment. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I give my clients what they want without sacrificing my craft. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I won't, if, it, if it's something that I don't, I know for a fact isn't going to work, then yeah. I won't do it. But if it's something that, can work if I tweak it and change it and play with it a little. Yeah. And I'm not a robot. Sometimes yeah. it takes me three. I always tell my clients, the worst haircut you're ever going to get from me is your first one because right. I don't know you. Yeah. I don't know you. I don't know your hair. I don't. I have to learn it, right? Yeah. I said, but it's it's all uphill from here. Yeah. I like what you said there, though, about like from the moment you see someone, you're analyzing it all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that may get lost on people when they, they come to see their, their hairstylist is that it's not just the hair on your head, right? It's you as a person. It's you as a person. Right? Literally down to, yeah, what do you have on? Like how yeah. do you hold yourself in the space, yeah. right? And can you, not about fitting into a certain societal construct or certain societal like ideology, but what is the, the cut that's going to provide potentially a deeper self-confidence yeah. As you step out in the entity that you are, right? And you as a stylist have to acknowledge and see that. Yeah. Right? Like you have to have that eye, it's not just crown. for how to cut a hair, yeah. but to literally observe someone as, as a human being yeah. in a, what is a few moments. And as you go and you get to know a person, you develop that relationship. I could give but, somebody a haircut that made them. So if you're coming into me and you are wearing like... You're kind of slumped in a bit. You're quiet. You're shy. But then you want this haircut that is a huge statement. Yeah. I'd be nervous to cut that. Right. Because your personality mm -hmm. and what you're 
your body is showing me is that you're self-conscious and nervous. Mm -hmm. So why would I give you a haircut that is going to draw attention to you if you're scared of the attention that's going to come your way, mm -hmm. right? So that's why I look at those things are all important yeah. because you have to be able to carry that haircut. Yeah. Like I have this one client, she's amazing, and she literally has a bowl cut. Okay. Now, a bowl cut is actually one of the hardest haircuts as a yeah. stylist to do. Yeah. And it's also something that not a lot of people can pull off. It's right. you have to have the confidence to pull it off. Right. And she's got it. So I'll do it. Now, if I had a client that came in that was very shy and quiet, and mm -hmm. then I'm not going to do that. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, like, you first off, you, you're not going to like the attention that you possibly get from it. Yeah. It's like coloring your hair purple and then not like you when people stare at it. It's right. like, well, don't color your hair purple then. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it really is that like person as a whole and then the, haircut, the whole thing. haircut kind of exemplifies that. Do you think that do you think that the hair leads personality more than personality leads hair? Ooh. Maybe not for everyone. One, but but like, for some, for yeah. sure. We'll just pause for a second while it rings, just so you can answer this clearly. No, it's okay. It's a busy song. <laughs> Like people should know that we're closed. Oh. This is good. Am I doing good? Yeah. Yes. So yeah, do you think that it's a personality leads hair or hair leads personality? It depends. Mm -hmm. So now that I've lost my train of thought because <laughs> of that bloody phone, um, I've I've been able to. The, the great thing about, about being a hairstylist is that I get to go through, like, I cut someone's hair when they're just gone through a breakup. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I want to cut all my hair off because I'm depressed and I need to pick me up. Yeah. I cut people's hair when, before they go on their first date. Right. I cut people's hair or style it for their wedding, for someone's funeral. For I, I do people's hair when they're in labor because they want to make sure their hair is perfect when they go and their pictures. So yeah. it's, I mean, I can't speak for men. I just can say for, for women, yeah. hair is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's important. I know that it boosts confidence and gives women, it empowers women mm -hmm. if it's done the right way. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, obviously, we don't always do it right or else we, you know, like, mm -hmm. I have to fix people's hair all the time because of, you know, I keep saying this lately that I should just be a hairstylist police. Like, <laughs> I want to go around from right. salon to salon and walk in the door and if I see bad hair, tell yeah. them how to fix it. Right? Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, I can't be that person. <laughs> but I am, um, yeah, I think that our, it, it definitely can boost confidence it can bring out confidence in people. But it, I, I believe that it already has to be there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you just needed me to give you the little nudge. Yeah, little shove. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Have you noticed, like, a moment or can think of a moment where someone came in in a certain, and you've given an example of, of that client years ago that had cancer, but in the immediate aftermath of, like, coming in, 
get a haircut and when you walk them watch them walk out the door it's like this this whole different person oh for sure is that like fairly yeah. regular occurrence you yeah, would say? yeah 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 i've had women start crying yeah and hug me at the front and said like i like i can't believe that my hair looks like this yeah. i can't believe that you've done this like i you know i've had women call a couple of days after just to tell me that they love their hair right. like you know or send me a private message or an email mm -hmm. and you know that's not just me that's everybody all the staff in here have had mm -hmm. the that at some point or another i think just because i've been doing hair longer than them it's been more of a regular occurrence for me but yeah. that's why i love what i do yeah because i i get to I get to change how people feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty fucking amazing mm -hmm. for me to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, like to be able to, to do that for somebody and, and see the difference from when they walk in to when they walk out and their chin's just a little higher, yeah. their shoulders are back and, you know, they're, they're excited and they're smiling and like, why wouldn't I want to do that every yeah. day? So then uh, flip the script on you, challenge you a little bit here. If you couldn't cut hair, what do you think you'd be doing? Mm, I get asked that a lot. I bet. <laughs> okay, so I honestly think if I couldn't cut hair, I would be, I would think I'd be a really good personal stylist. Okay. I'd like to dress people. Yeah. Um. So still in the realm of that presence of like oh, yeah, how I can't, you present yourself yeah, to the world. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. not. I, I just still won't ever work behind a desk. Yeah. I won't ever. I would need to be around people and mm -hmm. making them feel the very best that they can feel. I guess that's why I love what I do. And if I didn't do it, I would want to do like I don't want to be a fashion designer. Mm -hmm. I, I want to. Somebody else is already really, really good at that. There's right. already a lot of those people. I want to put their clothes on right. somebody. Yeah. You know? Um, and I love fashion. And I, and I love all that kind of stuff about... That's what I love about part of my industry is that it's all kind of intermixing, right? Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's that cool. or maybe, I don't know, flip burgers. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just... Yeah, I don't know. Whatever I do, I would want to be as happy doing it as I am mm -hmm. doing hair. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really it's quite know what connect. that is. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So, how do I want to word this? If there was, I'm not even going to limit it. Do you think that there's something? specific or particular that society is just missing the sort of missing the point on or missing the ball on when it comes to our presentation of self in the world and we're either trying too hard to be one way versus that we should just be a certain just letting ourselves be a certain way like I think your, that everybody owes it to themselves to be who they want to be mm -hmm. I I don't think that anybody should be following in the masses. Mm -hmm. I, I've, but I personally have always been drawn to the underdog or mm -hmm. the 
that's just what that's just that's my dad I think that mm -hmm. that has raised me that way right so I, I I don't think like I get so sick and tired of when like for instance the lob the long bob came out a couple yeah. of years ago okay. and that's all I cut right day in day out every right. time somebody under 21 came in here oh I have a picture and I knew exactly what it was right. going to be I'm like like fuck my life <laughs> but I, here we go another yeah. lob so yeah. that kind of stuff I get irritated at yeah. um when there's something in style and then everybody and their aunt wants it regardless of whether it works for them or not because right. they think that they'll be more socially accepted if they have it right. is crazy to me mm -hmm. uh, you know but then I had a young girl in not that long ago, and this was a first for me. And I bleached her armpits and dyed them pink. Okay. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So she's the kind of person that was like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. this is what I want. Yeah. Like, can you color half my hair, this color, half my hair, this color? Can we do yeah. this? Can we do that? Like, I don't want to be doing hair. You know what? I, I actually have to rephrase that. I think because of my age and the clientele that I have at this point are more in their mid forties and up. Mm -hmm. And what I am realizing is that those are the women that don't care anymore. Mm. Like we don't care about what's in style. We, we want to be stylish, yeah. but not, not following the masses. Yeah. So I have women that are like in their 70s and they let me, you know, give them asymmetrical haircuts and, yeah. you know, like I, they just sit in my chair and do whatever you want, yeah. you know, because they don't care anymore. Yeah. But it's the under 30. They're still kind of following the masses. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. You know, oh, I want a balayage. I want this this you know right now we're doing it the money piece is is a big thing where it's really bright in the in front of the face so okay. that's what we're going to see now we're going to see a lot of that okay. so now i'm going to be foiling and doing right. money pieces and probably till the end of probably probably till like next fall okay and right. then it'll switch and then it'll switch yeah right so really it's the desire for people just to stay away from the masses of of what it is that's out there. I wish right? they would. I wish they would. Yeah. But so with the the demographic that you typically work with on a day to day basis, um, the, the individuals, the women that you typically cut hair for, what is sort of a what are some common threads that you've noticed over the years emotionally or from a self esteem standpoint with it? With my age, with my clientele age demographic, yeah. is that what you're? Yeah. Um, I think that they're so much more secure yeah. in who they are as a person, and they don't think that any particular haircut or hairstyle defines who they are, mm -hmm. right? So it doesn't matter what I do; mm -hmm. they are who they are because they're secure in here. So if I want to give them something crazy one time, yeah. they'll rock it yeah. until they're eight weeks when or six weeks and they're back in my chair. And then I'm like, mm, let's do something like this this right. time. 
Cool. Let's so do it. It still elevates them yeah. from a psychological standpoint and a personality There's so much trust but, between us. Yeah. Right? So when a, when a client sits in my chair and I've been doing her hair for 10 years and she sits in my chair and I'm like, what are we going to do today? And she's like, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And she has hair, you know, down to her waist. She doesn't actually mean do whatever you want. Because right. if I, sh you know, cut all her hair short, she yeah. would hate me. Yeah. But she knows that the trust is there. Yeah. So when she says do whatever you want, that means do whatever you want within my comfort zone that's yeah. going to make me feel great when I leave here. Yeah. So that's where it's important as stylists to get to know our clients. Yeah. And one of the biggest mistakes that stylists often make is we're so busy talking about ourselves mm. in our appointments that we sometimes don't Okay. Get to know our clients as well as we That's should. Something I wanted to to touch on next was the the relationship in the chair, yeah, right, and that whole environment. Because like I know for myself, for years I used to go to another salon in Burnaby, and it was just I would only go there because she knew how to cut my hair. She was cutting my hair for almost ten years. I was like not going anywhere else, and that's just what I did, and had that like. 15 minutes in and out cool yeah but that was the relationship and that was like for me i was like that's why i go there and then switched um to another space and then ended up uh, switching here and it always has fascinated me just listening and looking around and the relationship in the chair and that whole dynamic and listening for conversation or not conversation and just how it all flows and functions and yeah. the connection that is created it's the best. It's the best part. Yeah, it actually is because, and I said this, and I still really believe this, like with all my heart, that when you are in hair school, they should have at least out of the twelve month program one week where they bring in a psychiatrist mm. and teach stylists how to talk right. when a client is having an emotional time yeah um i can't even tell you how many times that i've had women fully break down in my chair right. and yeah. you know they've had to excuse themselves or you know so the relationship is is interesting but we are definitely um your therapist yeah you know you come in and and not only do they want to sort of talk about their life they want to hear about yours. Like right. they want, my clients want to hear about mine. Like, yeah. oh, you're going through a separation? Like, yeah. what, well, how long? Well, why? What's happening? Or, you know, oh, you're going to get married? Like yeah. they want to hear about my life and what's going on because mm -hmm. you, the line is, is so blurred the longer you've been doing someone's hair that right. we, yeah. you be, you, they're a client but they become your friend. Right. You know, you come in and you have a rapport and you... When you're sitting in the chair for, what, two hours sometimes? Yeah, sometimes three, four. Uh, four hours. Like, you know, and... But talk I also about know, more than the weather. Yeah. <laughs> but I also have some clients that don't like to talk. Mm. So I... And I respect that completely. So when a, when a client first comes in and it's a new client, I always say the same thing. Like, one, I work with an assistant... Yeah. So I will never be washing your hair. I will rarely blow dry your hair. Yeah. Um, I'm the owner, so I get interrupted a lot. Yeah. So if you want me all to yourself, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And three, I don't talk when I'm cutting. 
I should actually utilize that for myself because I get interrupted all the time yeah. when I'm working with clients and I'm yeah. like, I should probably just use that. I always just yeah. say it and yeah. then that way no one's mad, you know, yeah. like if, because there's sometimes I can be doing a haircut and be interrupted like six times, yeah. right? Like, yeah. So, and I'm never going to say no to, to my stylist that need me, right. right? So if they're interrupting me, they're interrupting me because they need help formulating a color or, you know, just something. They yeah. just need a second set of eyes. Yeah. So um, that's important to me. Because that's foundational for you from an yeah. education mentorship. And so they're so. more important to me yeah. than anybody, right? Yeah. Because if they're not feeling confident, then, then it the all goes sinks. to hell in a yeah. handbag. Yeah. yeah. So those are the three things I say. Um, so I, I don't talk a lot when I'm cutting, but boy, I can talk a glass eye to sleep after, yeah. right? Like yeah. once I'm coloring or blow drying or whatever, then it yeah. can start, but... The problem that we can get into is that we get so personal with our mm. clients that that's where sometimes the client-stylist relationship becomes kind of blurred, okay. right? And I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. I, you know, some people are far more professional behind a chair than I am. Yeah. Um, I've I know salon owners that have their stylist, you're not allowed to talk about anything personal mm. at all, that the conversation is only allowed to be about the client. Mm. And, you know, I get that to a certain degree, but I never wanted that in this space. Mm -hmm. I wanted a space where everybody interacted. We all butt into each other's conversations. Yeah. We all, we get clients in here talking to each other. How I've had a time when the old location, when it was Christmas and the back we had a color bar and the back room was full and it was busy and i that song i'm every woman yeah. came on and i had everybody in the whole back room like singing it awesome. you know what i mean like yeah. so i it's important to me that there's that constant energy, interaction yeah. between everybody yeah. um i like stylists to never just i like them to interact with other people's clients yeah. So a client never feels uncomfortable if they can't get in with their regular stylist and have to go in with somebody else. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I wouldn't have met you and I wouldn't be doing this podcast yeah. if I didn't interrupt your yeah. conversation, <laughs> right? Exactly like, right? Yeah. So that's totally. what I do. I kind yeah. of float around and I like to hear what everyone's saying and, yeah. you know, and I want everyone to, to interact with each other and, and make yeah. it so that when you walk in this door, you feel comfortable mm -hmm. and I've taken so much pride over the years when clients come in and say to me, walking in here is like walking into somebody's living room. Mm. Like it's welcoming, it's comforting. There's no, you, like, I know a lot of places say this or people say, oh, we don't have any drama at this, but it, but there is, but I can actually 100% say there isn't drama in this shop yeah. and there never has been. Everybody's like a family yeah. and we, spend time together outside of work when we don't have to, yeah. you know, like we do, like all the girls are constantly saying, okay, when are we going on a trip together? Right? Yeah. Like we want to be together. We that's want awesome. to spend time together. Yeah. And that's important. Totally. And I think that that then rubs off on our clients and then yeah. they want to be a part of it and they come in and they want to know what we're doing. And mm -hmm. you know, like it's just, you created an environment that stimulates that. Yeah. That promotes that. Yeah. So if we were to just step away from this environment, not the the amazing space that you've created, 
what would you say is like, why do people connect so much to that sort of psychological, emotional connection to sitting in a chair and getting their hair done? Because it's so personal. Yeah. Like, when do you have somebody physically touching you for an hour straight and you know what I mean? Without it being your, your partner or yeah. your, you know what I mean? Or you rubbing That's your child nice. or whatever. Like yeah. it's so like I'm right into your personal space and I'm, I'm there for a solid 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And now usually if someone came and was standing, <laughs> you know, a foot from me, I'd, I'd back off and yeah. think, why are you in my space? But when you sit in my chair and I'm touching you and yeah. I'm right in your face, it doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. It just be it like it's That's a fascinating thing for me. It with, is with like us as a human species and how we are in in the world right now in society. Everyone's so their space and their bubble and all yeah. this stuff. But yet on our phones, on connection. our yeah, exactly like social we miss connection. It. We miss it. And to your point, it's you're you're spending forty five minutes literally touching another human. Yeah. But yet, I don't think anyone really ever thinks of it that way. No, they don't. Right? No. Don't think of just how amazing. Like we know that seeing someone smile, it has an emotional and psychological connection. Like it yep. creates stimulation. We know that um, there's research around the uh, electromagnetic energy of our heart. And Absolutely. If we're in, within six, I think it was six feet or something of another person, those energies interact with each other. Yeah. Um, the simple touch of a hand. Yeah. Right? Just how much that's such a connection for us. But I don't think it's really like we know that sitting in a chair, there's that connection that we have with sitting with it in the chair, getting your hair done. But to that deeper layer, like you yeah. say, of like there's another human being touching your head and touching your hair and touching you in a way that just like brings this sense of calmness yeah. and this sense of openness and ability to feel safe and trust. And trust yep. Which I, I want think you to know you can trust me. Have. Yeah. Which is well, a very like so, thing. you'll go and get, you'll pay however much money, hundred and eighty dollars, and go to an RMT, and you're laying on a bed getting massaged, so you're getting touched for for an hour, mm-hmm. but there's no conversation, mm-hmm. there's no, so it's different. So mm-hmm. it's not saying that every time you touch someone, no. there's a connection and there's trust, but like even from the minute when I first do a consultation. They sit in the chair. I get on the stool. Yeah. I don't stand above them. I get on the stool. I sit with them. Sometimes I'll yeah. put my hand on their knee. I'll I'll touch their shoulder as we're yeah. talking. So right away they get start to feel relaxed and know yeah. that it's a comfortable, safe environment. Yeah. And then we get going. Yeah. You know, like I think that's brilliant what you said about you sitting on the chair because it psychologically that brings you to their level. Their level. Right? Yeah. I, I don't want to stand over them. I'm not yeah. like I'm not in control here. Yeah. You're in control. The client is in control. I'm just here to facilitate what you want, yeah. right? So you're telling me what you want. I got to try and Translate put that, that and yeah. and get it into your onto your head. Yeah. You know, like yeah. and so that you feel as good as you can feel mm-hmm. with that. So, you know, it's it's such a personal service. Yeah. It's so personal. And I, such a skill that you have to develop. Yeah. To be able to do what, sort of leading that into like mentorship, obviously being such a big component of what you do here. What has been sort of the biggest challenge you found with translating your ability and your skill set to the team? 
and through over the years, the, the individuals you have, not specific cases, but just like, has there been something that you just have struggled with trying to transfer something that you can do so well over? No. Or has it just been like, it's just... I'm, I, I don't know if it's luck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I mean, it's luck. Great. I don't know if yeah. it's... But I, everybody that I have hired over the years, whether they've... I mean, they've come and gone and sometimes they've left and it's been on bad terms. Mm-hmm. They, they hate me. You know, the, I'm the boss. That's what... It's always going to be that way. And then sometimes people leave and then they'll phone me or email me like a few years later saying like, God, you were really actually really good. You know, like, yeah. but I, I've never had, I've never had a hard time with it. Yeah. I've always been so, I don't know if it's just my intuition at picking. Mm-hmm. I've just, you know, there's been some that I haven't picked very well. Mm-hmm. Um, my, you know, but mostly I've just, been able to but I also think that our reputation actually when I think about this I think the reputation that Mint has when people come applying for a job here they already know before they walk in the door what they're going to get what they're going to get yeah. right um you know our, our, it's a small world mm-hmm. here and our industry is a small industry and they talk and yeah. you know I I know that I have a reputation of just saying it how it is that's it like mm-hmm. If you're not doing something right, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. But I also tell everybody that set, you know that first starts here. I'll say I'll, I'll I'll tell you when you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Um, how many times I have to tell you that is up to you, yeah. right? Because if I have to keep telling you, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna stop teaching it. Yeah. You know, I'm not, you're not getting it. Yeah. Um, and there's been a couple of times. I mean, you got to think it's been 12 years, and every year I take a new assistant. Hmm. And so, obviously, not all of those assistants work here mm-hmm. still. Um, a good portion of them do, mm-hmm. actually. But um, there's been some that after the 12 months is up, the 12-month 12, 12 sort of mentorship, that they're not where I need them to be. Right. And I say to them, you know, mm-hmm. you're not ready. You're not ready to work here. Um, I'll give you the best... Um, reference possible and I'll even help you find somewhere but it's not going to work here so I've done that too has that structure always been in play for you the 12 months thing that's always been kind of foundation for you yeah why that why that period of time for you because it takes at least that to to try and develop new talent right like these are young girls like I mean Brittany who used to work for me she came to me she was still in high school like mm. she was 18 like just wow. turned 18 yeah. and you know she she was actually in here she was a, a model for somebody that was applying for a job oh, okay that so it used her as a model to do this hair for me and so I started talking to her and she was in school and she was taking the hair program in high school and she needed somewhere to 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 do her hours and I was yeah. like Come here, yeah. come do it here. Yeah. And nine years later, right? Like, yeah. so I think that when people walk in the door, they they already know what they're getting themselves into with me. <laughs> but I also know what I'm getting myself into with them. Yeah. I know what they've been taught at school. And, yeah. you know, some schools are better than others, and some people pick up quicker than others. Um, and I'm not here to, to change what you've been taught, but I'm here to build on it. Mm-hmm and make you better. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that anybody should 
come out of hair school and straight onto a floor and mm-hmm. start cutting as a junior stylist. You're not ready. Mm-hmm. And then what will happen from that is you'll make a couple of mistakes. People will complain. And with each time they complain, your self-confidence gets hit. Your self-confidence gets hit some more. And then to a point where you say, I suck, and, I, and then you stop doing it. So arguably the psychology of a good haircut is both sides of that coin. Absolutely. The, the patients, or the client <laughs> side, I should say, and the, the, uh, and the, stylist. the stylist side. Yeah. Right? The, a client gets a good haircut, they're empowered. They feel like they, have, they can stand taller. They have that confidence. Yeah. A stylist does a good haircut. And they feel empowered and they feel yep. like they can stand taller in their own space. Absolutely. Now think about this. This is where it can get like, so again, our industry also is very ego driven. There's a mm-hmm. lot of ego and it took me a long time to figure it out. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, of course we all have egos. We're told all day long. So five days a week, eight hours a day from everyone that sits in your chair, how amazing you are. Mm. Every day, I get told how amazing I am. Like, they'll say it to my assistants, you're so lucky to work for Lisa, she's amazing. Why wouldn't I have an ego? (laughs) All these people are telling us that we're amazing all day, right? And then it takes one person Mm -hmm. to say, you fucked up my hair, and then, bam, it's gone. Right? How have you managed that with the mentorship? I promise each and every one of my stylists when they get on the floor that I will never let them sink. Hmm. I, I promise them. And I've said, if at any time you need to walk away from a haircut and let me take over, I will take over with no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Um, I never want their confidence to get knocked mm-hmm. when they're on the floor. Now, I'll knock their confidence at times when, I, when I'm training them. Yeah. But that's for me to do, you know, and I just said it, it, you're going to, I just tell them you're going to fuck up. It's going to happen. We all, we all do it. We're not robots. We're human beings. We all have bad days. Um, it's important how you handle the mistake, Mm -hmm. not, you know, it's what, what you do with it. Mm -hmm. You know, are you going to learn from it, grow from it? Are you going to tell your client that you'll do everything you can to correct it? Mm-hmm. Those are the things that are important to me. Not yeah. that you made the mistake. Yeah. Could care less. It's hair. It grows. Yeah. I can fix anything. You know. Something I've always told any person that's cut my hair. I'm like, do what you want. It grows back. It grows. If, it, if it's not what I want, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Now, that's a very small percentage of yes. clients that actually feel that way. Yes. And there's some clients that actually want me to think they feel that way, right. but they don't. Yeah. Like... Yeah. It's only hair. Yeah. It's okay if you screwed up. I'm like, well, that's because I've never screwed up on your hair. Yeah. If I did, I think you'd feel differently. Absolutely. Right? right? So it's important to me that my stylists all have as much confidence as they can so that because it's it's like, you know, when you have a child and you, you know, from birth to school, you keep them at home and you nurture them and you're teaching them and you're hoping to build their confidence as much as you can because once they go to school, it slowly, the confidence slowly gets knocked out of them. And then, you know, by the time they're in middle school, some of them are like bloody suicidal, right? Like because of all that. And so it's kind of like the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I mentor someone and I have someone and I want to put them in this little 
protective bubble, but then I can't. I have to prepare them yeah. so they have as much confidence as they can because their confidence is going to get knocked when they make mistakes. Yeah. And so I keep telling them that you will make a mistake. It's okay. Yeah. We'll fix it. Yeah. You know, so that they don't feel that overwhelmed and or that they chose the wrong career or mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like and they they all do. Yeah. They all go through that. I every assistant, every time they're just about to go on the floor, they always want to talk to me mm -hmm. because they all want to just go over the last bits. Yeah. And I'm like, there's nothing to go over. Yeah. You're ready. Yeah. If you aren't ready, I wouldn't let you be doing it. Yeah. Right? So you have to trust me. Yeah. Trust that I trust you that yeah. you're gonna be able to do this. Yeah. And you know, they shit their pants for the first month and then then it starts to build oh, and they yeah. start to get the confidence and and I see it all the time. It's a cycle, right? Yeah. It's a, even the cycle of when a, a stylist leaves. Yeah. A senior stylist will build themselves up and then go, okay, I'm, I'm moving now. Yeah. They leave and then it's weird for a little bit and then all of a sudden I can see the shift happen and right. okay, I don't have to tell someone now, now you're a senior stylist. It right. just automatically happens. Yeah. They just move into that role and take on that senior position. Yeah. And then I get to watch them again now blossom into something different. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's, exciting to it's see. so cool. Yeah, it so Honestly, cool it's see. so cool. And I can talk yeah. about it all day because it's, <laughs> no, it. it's so cool to see. And, yeah. it, and it makes me, it brings me so much happiness and yeah. so much excitement for them. Yeah. Like just of where their career can go if they put their mind to it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's cool. That's awesome. I'm lucky. Yeah. Lucky. So psychology with your, your stylists for themselves is huge. And then from a mentorship, is there anything that you want to implement or further develop when it comes to sort of how to um, address the psychology of working with, with the population that you work with, with the mentorship side of things? You mentioned like in schooling, you would love them to bring in a psychologist for them to yeah. sit down and do that kind of work. My client, my assistants work so closely with me mm -hmm. for 12 months. Like they're like, I actually have an, an ongoing joke that I say, if I have to shout your name, you're not where you're supposed <laughs> right. to be. Yeah. Right. Like if I have to, you should be right near me yeah. all the time. Right. So, you know, we'll have these conversations. So I forget they're there. Right. They're there handing me foils. Right. But I'm talking to my client about the sex she had last yeah, night, yeah, right? Like yeah. forgetting that there's another human being right yeah, there. There's and an extension of you it, at that point. They are an yeah. extension of me. But yeah. what they're learning is how to deal with, with certain situations, yeah. right? Yeah. So like if I have a client that is emotional or breaks down or mm -hmm. whatever, what do you do in that case? Well, you take them somewhere private. You, you bring a box of tissues yeah. and, you know, you let them... You let them have their emotional moment. Yeah. Um, you know, it. and if somebody's mad at you for something you've done, again, you take them away from where the main, you know, the hub of the salon is. Like, yeah. right, I'll bring them to the back, sit down, okay, talk me through it. Yeah. What What's happened here? What can we do to fix it? Yeah. You know, so I think that they learn firsthand what goes on and, and how to deal with it. Which is one of the best ways to yeah. develop that. 
because you don't know until you're in it, right? And and then and I didn't have the same conversations twenty years ago with my clients as I do now, right? Because I'm in such a different place in my life that it's you know your your conversation is about more than you know what so and so is wearing right Mm -hmm. now. You know, it just it gets pretty. It can get pretty deep. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But but in a good way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, I can relate to that. Like, I've had numerous times working one-on-one with people and their session that they're coming in to train, and we end up spending an hour uh, just sitting and crying it out. Yeah. Right? Majority of the population that I work with currently, demographic is female, and that's sort of been, for whatever reason, that's been sort of the the client base that I've usually had over the years. Um, but yeah, I've had numerous times where it's just that, and it's just like, okay, we're just going to go and hang out and they apologize. It's like, this is what you need to do. Yeah. Right. Like the emotional output that I, um, that training and physical fitness for me in, in my world does for someone. Um, I think there's an, like not a direct connection, but an interesting correlation between what hair and that emotional release that someone can Well, get look what that. you're doing. Yeah. You are like, your main thing is women because we're always trying to be better. We're always wanting our bodies to be better, our hair to be better. Like, so that makes sense to me. Yeah. But you have the same impact. Like when when I've seen, gone to the gym or worked out or whatever, and, and I've had a trainer and someone helping me, kicking my ass, holding me accountable, like you changed my life yeah. because now I feel confident and yeah. I feel better. It's just it, we're doing the same shit, yeah. you yeah. know. Yeah. You're just the neck down and on the neck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. We should open a business together. <laughs> exactly, right? So who in your life has been your biggest inspiration or mentor? I have a lot of, I've had a lot of mentors through my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and those people kind of come and go, right? With with how, where, where I'm at and how I'm evolving. Um, but, my family is my, mm-hmm. they're my people. Yeah. They're my, they're my tribe. Like I have, I have a, some really great friends. Um, one particular, my best friend, she lives on the island. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but my mom and my dad, my brother, my kids, now that my kids are older, yeah. they're, um, they're the reason I want to be better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like my mom and dad are the reason I want to be better. Mm-hmm. They're they're just amazing human beings. And so for me, you know, like I said to my mom and dad, like they, I was a single mom, so obviously my mom and dad helped me huge when when my kids were young, and I couldn't have been able to work if I didn't have my mom and dad. You know, yeah. like they helped me with that. Yeah. So. Now I, I mean, I'm 47 years old and I still like, what is it? I, I, my, I stand a little taller when my dad tells me he's proud of me. You know what I mean? Same with my mom and they, they all the time. I mean, I don't know if if you've ever seen my dad, he's in here all the time. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, one day I'll introduce you if he's, he's in here all the time. And from the moment I opened the shop, my dad comes in at least once or twice a week, yeah. just likes to sit down, watch everything, have a coffee, yeah. and 
talk to clients. Yeah. And he's done that from the time I opened. That's amazing. Like, they're honestly my biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. Like, and, and we're a pretty close family, but it's, that's always been, um, super important to me. Yeah. Super that they approved yeah. of what I was doing and that I was making them proud and mm -hmm. doing the right thing by my children and mm -hmm. showing them that, you know, you can succeed and, you know, I created this business to support my kids and now I have both kids that work for me yeah. and that's super, super fucking cool. Yeah. Like that, like nothing has made me happier yeah. than having them here. That's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. And now like with Kendrick, you know, taking over the business side of things and that's kind of where we're heading because I don't want to run the business. Yeah. I never opened Mint because I wanted to balance books. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't want to do it. Yeah. So I that's where Kendrick is kind of taking over now. Nice. So I get to just do what I love, right? Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, I would say that it's it's them. Yeah. They mentor me. They help me. Yeah. My dad's own businesses over the years. So when I'm having a moment, yeah. I phone them. They talk me off the ledge. Yeah. They help me out. They, they tell me what I need to do. And they say, you just need to, you need to knuckle down mm -hmm. and, and get her done. And, yeah. you know, so they're not like, they don't pussyfoot around. They don't coddle me, but they also. That's where you get it from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. my dad's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm definitely his daughter. They, you know, he says it how it is. And, but, mm -hmm. but if I fall, they're they're the ones that pick me up nice. for sure. Yeah. I couldn't do I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to do this mm -hmm. without them. You know, like people come and go all the time. Yeah. You know, your family's there forever. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's important that we we all and we all support each other that way. So mm -hmm. it, you know, it makes me happy that I can do things for them now because they did so much for me when I was young. Yeah. Like, and that's that's just a good feeling. Love it. Yeah. Love that. Well, on that note, um, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for not only creating a space that I love coming to and getting my hair cut in, um, but elevating and leveling up the industry that you're in and truly holding on to that passion and that skill that you have that you discovered. Uh, just one day realizing I'm yeah. going to do this and it became who you are and it's an extension of who you are literally down to your fingertips when you're sure cutting is. someone's hair. Yeah. So I want to acknowledge you for what you bring to, to people every single day. Thank uh, you. Not only your stylists here because they are fantastic. Uh, Aren't you they are just training though? them and you've built them up and elevated them uh, to become their own people in that sense and amazing stylists, but also for the people that you connect with on a day-to-day -day basis in here and I haven't seen a lot of what you do outside of here, um, but uh, from what I hear, it's amazing. And so I just want to acknowledge you for what you're bringing to the world, not in just in the hair world, but just in general. Thank you. Because your energy is something that I really appreciate. And Thank really you. This was so much fun. I'm yeah. so glad I got to do this. Like, yeah. I literally have been wanting to do this for so long. I'm like, yeah. I love it. I can't wait. Love it. I can't wait to hear it. So my whole thing um, is level up, and it's all about leveling up your life. Yeah. And so my last question for you is what is one thing that you're going to do in this next week to level up your life? Ooh. What am I going to do to level up? You know what? Actually, I'm going to tell you right now. I am heading out of town 
um, on Thursday and I'm going to LA. So amongst all this whole coronavirus and anti-travel things, I have actually decided that on those two days that I am there, I'm going to do nothing. Nice. I'm going to yeah. do some, I'm going to read. Yeah. I'm going to sit by a pool. Yeah. Um, Are you going to read things not about hair? Not about hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to, yeah. I want to, I, I need a bit of, I need to unplug a little bit. Yeah. Right. So I feel that when I get to, to do that, I come back refreshed, rejuvenated yeah. and ready to go again. Love it. You know, so that's, that's what I'm going to be doing the next week. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. This is awesome. This is awesome. Well, there you have it, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode, sitting down and talking with Lisa about the psychology behind a good haircut, how we show up in the world on a day-to-day -day basis, the self-confidence that we build from our appearance and, and how we go out into the world, as well as what it does for other people and how we can affect that change in others. In the today's times right now with everything that's going on, it's even more evident and more important for us to support those around us and to show up and feel good in our own skin and what we are doing so that we can show up 100% for those around us. So if you are someone that is helping others show up on a daily basis, that is amazing and I commend you. If you are someone that is showing up uh, on a day-to-day -day basis in trying times, even when you're not sure you can, I commend you. For everyone, just continue to show up in your life, continue to get after it is that what it is that you are doing, no matter the uncertainty, we can get through this, we will get through this, we will support each other through this. Love all of you, stay safe, stay healthy, love love. Voices rising like a church choir, light it up like a wild